Oh my goodness, everybody. Welcome to a brand new show here on 88.9 The Bridge. This is Andrew's Film Room. I am your host, Andrew Pearson, and I am going to be bringing you guys football analysis on your favorite football players individually. I'm going to be analyzing some film. I'm going to be talking about why some players aren't so great, and I'm going to be talking why some play- why some players are absolutely amazing. Um, I don't know. This is a <laughs> this is a brand new show. This is my actually my first show. It just got approved on on Friday. Uh, it, for a little bit of background on me, uh, I've been, I've been uh, broadcasting uh, the past two football games um, here for Mercer Island High School. And I've been a football fan for a little while now, and I love, and I just love the analysis part. I I love uh, learning why why certain players are the way they are. Uh, I like finding diamonds in the rough and maybe some overrated players, and I just really want to share that with you guys. So, I think we're gonna start with the main event here in a few minutes. But I would like to talk about uh, the general structure of the show. Uh, so obviously, this is the intro. I'm only going to do this for about five minutes. This show is uh, about an hour or so long, and there's only so much I can fit in here. But uh, I would like to to start off with a film analysis uh, of Blake Martinez, the middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers, here in a few seconds. But the general structure of the show will be... Um, a film breakdown at the very start of the show after the in- after the intro. Uh, after that, we're going to be going into studs and duds. Um, my my recap of the week uh, for every team uh, for every NFL team uh, in week five, uh, as well as two studs uh, people pe- players who I felt uh, did really great, and uh, some and for the duds, it's normally two players who I think. Did not do very great. Uh, you know, maybe some guys who I think are a little overrated, some guys who I think underperformed, all that good stuff. Um, and then after that, I'm just going to continue talking. Uh, I have some talking points here on, on my notes. Um, we're going to be, we're gonna be uh, going into why the Redskins are an absolute dumpster fire this year. I want to talk about Gardner Minshew just how great he's been playing, what a great leader he is. Uh, and I, by the end of the show, I'm going to talk a little bit of college football. Uh, normally, uh, I plan to have two ana- analysis, two specific analysis of players uh, every week. Again, this show is only going to be once a week. Um, but I did not have enough time to do that today, unfortunately. I only have the one. Uh, but I think we're going to lead off with the main event here. Uh, Blake Martinez, uh, middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this is kind of my first big take of the year. Uh, Blake Martinez is, in my opinion, one of the most overrated players in the NFL. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of casual fans will... Do well, ju- are just stat watchers, right? So they'll look at they'll look at tackle stats from for linebackers and assume those are the best linebackers, right? Because if you have more tackles, uh, obviously you're getting to the ball more in theory. 
Uh, however, um, numbers do lie. Numbers numbers really can lie. They they're very deceiving. Um, if if we which I'm gonna try and prove here with Blake Martinez. Uh, I mean, I talked to the couple of Packers fans about Blake Martinez, and they'll say, "Uh, yeah, he's not that. He's not a great coverage linebacker, but he's great against the run, and he's a really smart guy, and this and that." And I'm sorry, I I don't see it with him, uh, at all. So now we're gonna start getting breakdown here. I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna have four points on what I think makes a great linebacker in today's NFL. Number one is coverage. Is he range, is he rangy in in short yardage situations? Can he is he quick in space? Is he aware in his zone and man coverage? Does he know who his guy is and can he get there quickly? Uh, number two is stopping the ball from reaching the line to gain. Uh, can he can he prevent first downs? Uh, can he guess guess a gap correctly and fill it in as fast as he can? Does he does he guess right when he chooses a gap to to shoot through? Can he can he plug up cutback lanes from from the running back? All that good stuff. Uh, number three, which I actually don't have any clips of, because look. Because Blake Martinez just straight up does not do it. Uh, is creating tur- turnovers. Uh, other than the defensive end position, which directly affects the quarterback, uh, linebacker, in my opinion, has is the second um, is the second type of defender that has the most effect on the quarterback. Uh, obviously, because they're the second closest and they're a huge presence there in the middle of the field, specifically. For Blake Martinez's position, which is middle linebacker of the Green Bay Packers, so, uh, yeah, he just straight up does not not cause turnovers at all. He, I don't, I don't think he's had a, he, he must have a forced fumble at some at some point in his career. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Give me a sec, y'all. Just give me a sec, y'all. Um. He has one forced fumble in his career and two interceptions, both of those off deflections. I'm sorry, guys. No. He he just straight up does not he, he doesn't do it. He just straight up doesn't do it. It's he's not a Bobby Wagner where he's roaming the middle of the field and he's gonna ball hawk your your shallow your shallow crosser or your in cut route. He's not gonna do that. He's not He's not Jalen Smith. He's not Leighton Vanderish. He's not even a Deion Jones. He's he's Blake Martinez to say the least. And number four, which is my final point, is does that line is does the linebacker uh, limit big plays? Uh, this should be self-explanatory. But can he plug up a run once it's already five yards downfield? And can he stop? Can he stop him um, in the in open space? Um, and obviously, uh, this is probably Blake Martinez's uh, strongest suit because he is so conservative uh, in his play, uh, which I will I will point out here in a little bit. Uh, but I think we should start with the film analysis. So 
I'm going to give you guys, since you guys are listening on radio, I'm going to give you guys timestamps uh, on the highlights that have been put out on the NFL YouTube channel uh, so you can follow along with me. Uh, I, I will be looking at the play, and I hope y'all are following along with me uh, when you eventually uh, li- listen in on your own time when, we, when I put this up on, I don't know, uh, SoundCloud or something. But this is the first play. I'll do my best to describe it for you guys. Uh, this is the first play. This is the Chad Beebe play on in week two against the Vikings. Uh, let me pull it up here. All right, here we go. So Chad Beebe is running um, is running a shallow crosser that or a drag. That means he's only going up like four four or so yards upfield and then he is going he's turning to the right to go to the sideline Blake Martinez is in the middle okay he's it's a zone coverage so just look look at the lack of awareness when Chad Beebe stops stops his 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 shallow crossing route and just goes at just turns behind Blake Martinez 61 yard 61 yard huge play just a complete lack of burst from Blake Martinez to actually get in position to to make a play I'm not saying he has to make this play specifically all right it, it, it would be a, a tough play to make however you look at his change of direction skills and they're just absolutely lacking I mean, the entire, the entire, everybody else on the field looks like he's moving at super speed against this guy. It just horrid reaction time to react to Chad Beebe's route. I mean, come on. Just awful, awful movement skills and not, not a great, not great awareness, to be honest with you. Um, let's. Let's look at the next play. Um, let's see here. All right, this is Noah. This would. This is going to be the Noah Fant. Noah Fant. Uh, in in the flats against the Broncos late, late in the game. This will be. Um, let's see here. This will be my, nine minutes and ten seconds into the highlights against Denver in week three. Where um, Noah Fant. Ro- Rookie tight end out of Iowa for the Broncos, first round pick. Uh, he starts he starts to play in the backfield, and he just runs into the flat, right? And he's he's Blake Martinez's guy on this play. It's a cover it's a cover one blitz where uh, the defense is in man coverage with one safe with one safety covering deep, and Blake Martinez. Clearly recognizes that Noah Fant is his guy. Noah Fant is his man. He's the he's the guy he's got to cover. All right. Look at how slow he is. Oh my goodness. Just awful, awful. First of all, why is he so slow to get out there? Because all right for for, for y'all listening on the radio. Uh, it is it's a cover one blitz, as I said before. 
and Blake Martinez is pretty much right on the line of scrimmage. However, once he recognizes that the play is a pass play, Noah, Noah Fant, the, re- the receiver on, on this play, he, he's a pretty fast dude, okay? But point is, he's already at his spot when Blake Martinez be- just begins to realize, oh, oh no, that's my guy. I got to get out there. Just awful reaction time and not very good awareness. He's supposedly a really smart player. I don't see it. Gets absolutely roasted by Noah Fant. Awful. I mean, this is this is Green Bay's starting middle linebacker? Are you kidding me? He has the movement skills of a defensive end. Just, just awful acceleration, not awful top speed. And on this play specifically, he, he his supposed super smart player title just doesn't cut it at all. He gets beat to the flat by a tight end. Um, we're going to move on to uh, my second overarching point. My, my first overarching point was his coverage abilities, which uh, I think are not great at all. I think he's extremely slow in coverage. I don't think he's that aware in coverage at all. But let's go to the second one, which is stopping the ball from reaching the line to gain. It's, this is stopping first downs. All right? This is something he's supposedly really great at. But... I, I think I'm going to show you guys he's not great at this. So this this will be 2 minutes and 18 seconds into the highlights against Denver again. Let me get there. I I have my iPad on my lap, so I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up. I'm trying to have the play in front of me so I can better describe it. Uh but this is this is um Let's see. Give me a sec. All right. It's third and three. It's a zone coverage. It's a zone coverage, but we're not talking about his coverage. We're talking about his play recognition, and we're talking about his general ability to stop first down. So uh, as the play develops from the Broncos, uh, Blake Martinez actually doesn't do that bad in this particular snap and coverage. I like what he's doing up to this point where he has an in route going behind him. So at this point, he needs to realize he's not covering um, the field behind him anymore because Joe Flacco is running out of the pocket and trying to get the first down on third and three. And I think I think the highlight angle actually illustrates it best. Blake Martinez is three yards off of the first down. Okay? He's three yards off the first down. Joe Flacco, who's just running out of a collapsing pocket, is more or less seven yards down or seven yards away from the first down. All right? 
and Blake Martinez is three yards away. And Joe freaking Flacco beats him to the spot. How? How? How is this? How is the starting middle linebacker for the Green Bay Packers getting beat to the first down by Joe freaking Flacco? Just awful. Awful. He, he, he doesn't seem to recognize that Flacco is running out of the pocket. And the pocket is not that, that well formed by the Broncos on this play either. It's um, the right tackle just got obliterated, and they only have a couple guys um, that are doing okay uh, on this particular snap, on this particular rep. And so while Blake Martinez did an all right job at recognizing the pass behind him was no longer going to be covered by him, once he realizes that, he doesn't immediately put his eyes back on the quarterback to see if he's going to be coming out of the pocket or not. His re- his reaction time was extremely slow on this play, and I think his athleticism was absolutely exposed. I mean, you're starting middle linebacker getting beat to a spot by a quarterback who is a slow quarterback I mean, come on. I mean, this isn't Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson we're talking about who have legitimate 4-3, speed. I mean, come on. Getting beat to a spot by Joe Flacco. Absolutely atrocious. Now we're going to talk about uh, some of the Philip Lindsay touchdowns in this game. So this will come with 2.35 to go. Uh, in the highlights against Denver. It's 14, 14 minutes left in the second quarter. It's second and goal. And Philip Lindsay gets the ball and just waltzes into the waltzes into the end zone. Now on first view, you know, Denver and Denver fans and Green Bay fans may think, wow, the Denver offensive line did really good at getting a push on the Green Bay defense. Which is true. They they did a they did a nice job of creating lanes. But look at Blake Martinez on this play. Just let, let let's take a look. Let's take let's take a look see here. He's doing nothing. He's just standing there. He's letting the play come to him. I mean, this is why this is one of the reasons why he gets so many tackles. He just lets the play come to him. And it's extremely disappointing. He doesn't you look you look at the play again, and you see there is a gap to his left and a gap on his right that he can go through. A gap is a, a small hole which the offensive line creates for the running back to run through. All right? It's a running lane. And Blake Martinez could, you know, actually just go ahead and choose one and try and prevent the line to gain and prevent Lindsey from waltzing into the end zone. 
but he doesn't do any of that. He he just lets the pl- lets the player come to him, and he scores. Philip Lindsay isn't exactly the hardest guy to bring down. All right, he he's he's a more elusive guy, who is really good at starting and stopping, and catching the ball out of the backfield. But he's not a bruiser. We're not talking about Emmett Smith here, okay? And it's just the utter lack of aggression or decisiveness or quickness by Blake Martinez that really bothers me on this play. And, and my and my my middle linebacker needs to be able to make plays like that. He needs to be able to be decisive and be able to fill a hole when it's there, which Blake Martinez just did not do. Now, in the interest of time, I won't go into the into the second touch. Lindsay touchdown. Um, it was just a lack of effort on Blake Martinez's part that really bothered me on that play. But uh, that that's about all. I, that's about all I have in the Denver game. Let's go back to the Vikings game. We're gonna talk about uh, Blake Martinez limiting big plays, and I'm gonna specifically target the running game uh, in this section on two two really big runs that he allowed to happen that he just you know did just didn't want to make the play so this this is the um, this is the Dalvin Cook this is the first Dalvin Cook touchdown uh in the Vikings game in week 2 the, the Packers uh real the Vikings are running or have a fullback on the play and they get some good blocks, and Dalvin Cook just does Dalvin Cook things and burns the whole defense. But let's look at number 50, Blake Martinez. Let's look at what he's doing. He, he is slow to recognize that it's a run play, first of all. Second of all, instead of running past the blocker, to try and get into Dalvin Cook's cutback lane. Instead of doing that, he seems content to get blocked by the by the offensive lineman for some reason. And I don't know why he did that. Because he could have just run past him and run into the gap that was right on the left of the blocker. That was up that was getting upfield. Alright. He he seems content to get blocked for some reason. And I don't know why he's like that. It it shows a desire to just let the play come to him. Just absolutely atrocious. Oh my goodness. And then after the play, look at the lack of speed once Dalvin Cook is already getting past him. Alright? Dalvin's past you, Blake. He's gone can't make that tackle anymore can you I mean look it's just bad the entire defense looks like it's moving at hyper speed compared to him just not not great not great for Martinez and this I mean this is the guy that Packers fans think is this all great dude against the run come on give me a break uh, for the 
for those on the radio who can't see it, I think I'm illustrating it well enough, and I think you guys get the point. But Blake Martinez is just so slow and so soft, conservative, letting the play come to him rather than shooting the gap, rather than getting in that comeback lane and trying trying to stop a huge run. Let's go into the final play I've got here in the interest of time. We're already 25 minutes in to this hour-long podcast, and I need to get to my studs and duds real quick. So I'll try and make this one real quick. This is the big Miles Sanders run against the Eagles late in the game. This will be, again, 9 minutes, 14 seconds left in the game against the Eagles, or in the Eagles highlight uh, posted by the NFL. Let's see here. Let's go. Let's go back to this play. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. Okay. So the e- the Eagles are in a three wide receiver set with uh, a tight end on the left. Blake Martinez, Blake Martinez's guy, is Miles Sanders in the backfield. Okay. And you play this, and you put this play in speed. He he. Fails to recognize that the that the run is going to the left at first, because he just kind of hangs around in the middle to begin with, and then once he does recognize it to run, he engages the blocker for some reason. Instead of trying to get around the blocker, or trying to to get past the blocker, to try and at least interrupt Miles Sanders' run, he doesn't do any of that. He just gets absolutely obliterated by by the offensive lineman, lets up thirty like a twenty yard run to Miles Sanders. I mean, geez, just lack of awareness. Lack of awareness, first of all, to recognize the run was going to the left at first. I didn't like that. Um, very. Very slow to recognize the gap he needed to be in and actually get there. He just doesn't have the physical tools to actually, you know, stop that run. And he doesn't have the smart and he doesn't have the football awareness. Like so many Packers fans I've talked to tell me that that he supposedly has... I mean, he just doesn't he just did not have the spatial awareness or the physical talent to actually get to the spot. So, uh that's about all I have on, on Martinez. I know that was really long. Um but that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff you're gonna get here. That's the kind of stuff you're gonna get on the show. Is actual breakdowns on why Blake Mart on why your 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 favorite players are either overrated or underrated. You get you're gonna get actual breakdowns here on this show. You're not just gonna get oh well he had a he had a three hundred yard game that that makes me good that makes him uh, he had a really nice game. No, it's how it's how you get those yards. It's how you get those tackles. It's how you get those interceptions. It's how you get those sacks that make a player great. And the way Blake Martinez is getting his tackles, 
He's letting the plays come to him, and he's cleaning up for his teammates' his tackles. It, it's absolutely absurd. Blake Martinez is extremely overrated. All right, His lack of aggression makes him give up huge plays in the run game. His lack of burst and speed means he can't get to spots good linebackers can get to, like a Jalen Smith or a Deion Jones or a Bobby Wagner. He can't step. He can't stop a first down to save his life. All right. If he's getting beat by Joe freaking Flacco to the to a first down marker, there's something wrong. All right. There is something gravely wrong. He he can't. He he, he just doesn't limit big plays. He he lets up huge plays in the run game. And ugh, just. He, he sucks in coverage. He really does. He doesn't do great in zone, and he seems to have trouble recognizing man. Uh, he, the casual NFL fan may think he's great, but if Green Bay doesn't figure something out soon, offenses are going to pick on Martinez more than they already have. And if Green Bay gets a legit middle linebacker, congratulations, that defense is elite. Have you did you see them against Dallas? Oh my gosh. They were they were absolutely great. Even after all I've said though, it sounds like Blake Martinez is pretty bad, right? You know what the sad part is? Is that Green Bay is probably gonna pay him like one of the top linebackers when it comes this time to get paid. It's true. Because they seem to really believe in him. And um I think that's the saddest part for Green Bay fans. Let's shift gears, guys. So that was all. That was almost half the show. Uh, I did not intend for that breakdown to be that long. Uh, we're gonna be getting into studs and duds now. Uh, this this is the part of the show where I recap what happens throughout the week, and uh, I give scores two players that I think did really good. And two players that I did think did really bad for each team. Uh, I went over on a couple of uh, I went over on a couple of players or on a couple of teams, uh, but I don't think y'all be y'all will be too mad. I'll try and get through this one quick, I'll, so I can actually get into the rest of my analysis for for the day. Uh, again, I only got an hour, so I gotta go. <laughs> uh, first first game of the week with the Thursday night game. Uh, Rams at Seahawks. Rams 29, Seattle 30. Uh, some players that I thought did pretty good in this game was Cooper Cup. He seemed to be really open uh, pretty much all night. He's a great separator, great slot receiver. Uh, Jared Goff, I think, played played pretty well. Uh, again, I, I, it's my opinion that Goff is more of a system quarterback. He doesn't, doesn't seem to be able to elevate his team all that much. I think it's more Sean McVay, Jared Goff. However, uh, he did have a nice game today, or at, he had a nice game on Thursday. Uh, for the Seahawks side, Russell Wilson is just absolutely amazing. Can we just appreciate this guy for a little bit? I mean, we th- this show is being broadcast in the Pacific Northwest, which means, and, and I live here in the Seattle area, 
So we get more Russell Wilson attention than anybody. And I don't think anybody really appreciates, outside of the Pacific Northwest, what Russell Wilson is doing. Oh, my goodness. He is absolutely great. Uh, he, he makes pinpoint throws. Every single play looks like he's dodging a sack or he's buying time for his receivers downfield. He is absolutely spectacular, worth every single penny that the Seahawks gave him this offseason. Or was it last off? I think it was this offseason, right? Anyways, uh, the other stud this week for the Seahawks, Tyler Lockett. Uh, Tyler Lockett looking like a number one receiver out there, getting great separation. Uh, again, I, th- I think separation is better than contested catchability. That's, uh, that's why what I'm going to get into a little bit later, I like Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay better than Mike Evans right now. Um, again, separation. It's one of the key things that you got to look for uh, in a wide receiver these days. Uh, separation. Separation. Uh, we call it a 50-50 ball for contested catch for a reason, right? Because it's either my guy's going to get it or your guy's going to get it. But you want to know what has a 90 to 100% chance of working? Chris Godwin breaking a cornerback's ankles because of his awesome separation and getting open on a slant route on third and three. All right. So I think that's what Tyler Lockett does. He's been doing really great these past couple of weeks. And... um, I'd like to see more from him because I think he's going to be pretty good here in Seattle. Now for the duds uh, here in this Thursday night game, uh, the entire O-line for the Rams. Oh, my goodness. Just at, just got destroyed by Jadeveon Clowney and Ezekiel Anzia and Puna Ford and Javon Reed and everybody on that, on that defensive front for the Seahawks just embarrassed this O-line. Uh, they're they're in real trouble. The the this O line is in real trouble because Rob Havenstein, the right tackle, is the only guy who's looking okay, and he one one tackle can't cover up for the for the rest of the offensive line. Andrew Whitworth is looking his age. He may be a Hall of Famer, but that the left tackle for the Rams is looking old. He's looking like a thirty seven year old, and. He's just not getting the job done, and the rest of the interior offensive line is are all looking like waiver wire pickups. Um, and for Seattle, uh, we have we only have one real faller here, Jermaine Fetty, right tackle. We already knew he's terrible. <laughs> he's he's I'm amazed he still has a job. How how he still has a job, I will never understand. Seattle for doing, uh. I think it's time to move on from this guy. I think it's time to play uh, George Fant over there. They they like to put him in on on jumbo packages uh, as a th- as that third tight end. I think it's actually time to to play him at right tackle because Jermaine Fetty just looks bad, 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 bad. All right, guys. I think I'm gonna need some water here, so um, I'm gonna take a quick break, and I will see you guys in a bit. Hello, everybody. Welcome back uh, to the to Andrew's Film Room. I am your host, Andrew Pearson, the only place on this 
radio station in which you can get in-depth looks at all your favorite NFL players and in-depth analysis on all your favorite NFL teams. Um, unfortunately, in the interest of time, uh, I've only got around 15 minutes left. Uh, I, I really did not expect to go that long on the Blake Martinez rant. Uh, but, um, so, I I did have a whole bunch of studs and duds for every NFL team and all that. Uh, I'm going to have to skip through a couple, through a couple of teams. Uh, I'm going to go through... Uh, some of the more, some of my uh, more important, some of my f- favorite games instead. So let's jump into Jacksonville, Carolina. Uh, some of the studs for this game: uh, Gardner Minshew. As always, I love that guy. That guy's awesome. Um, and uh, wide receiver DJ Chark for the for the Jags, just looking like a number one right wide receiver. I had I had issues. Um, I'm an LSU fan, so I I obviously watched him in LSU, and I had concerns on uh, some route running issues and you know contested catch issues. He's he has not had those issues this year. He had those last year uh, in his rookie year. Uh, did not look that great in his rookie year, but man, is he just playing out of his mind. He's bringing down every contested catch. He's catching every deep ball. He's looking great. He's looking great, folks. Now, on the on the Carolina side, uh, we have Christian McCaffrey. This may act, this may have been the his, the game of his career so far. I mean, my goodness. He is this Carolina offense. Uh, and he's making He's making Kyle Allen look really good. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Allen, uh, he's not one of my studs of the week, but he doesn't look bad at all. He, he He's putting a lot of zip on the ball, ha- having nice arm strength. His accuracy isn't, all, isn't that bad. He has some problems downfield, but I think he only missed a couple. He, 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 only, he didn't miss that many throws. Now, then again, the throws that he did throw were, were you know, inside 15 yards of the line of scrimmage. But when he did throw it deep, it did not look bad at all. It didn't look didn't look too bad. So Kyle Allen looking better than Cam Newton out there, um, which was not very hard to do, by the way. Uh, Cam Newton is, Cam Newton's accuracy was absolutely shot. Um, and they're doing good by letting him rest, I think, with Kyle Allen. He seems to be riding the ship pretty well. Uh, oh my gosh, we're already, are we already three minutes in? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, let's, uh, let's look at the, well, wait, no, I still have one more stud for the Carolina. We have edge rusher, Brian Burns. Brian Burns is looking great. He's looking like a first round pick. He was a little more raw coming out of Florida state. Uh, but he had a really nice day. Uh, now the duds for, for starting with the Jaguars offensive line just got bullied absolutely bullied. They let down Minshew uh, many, many times, and they, they actually did an alright job run blocking. Leonard Fournette had over 100 yards, um, but very concerning from their pass protection. I did not like that. Um, also, their coverage unit just got, um, just wasn't that great. Uh, I don't think Ramsey, I don't think Jalen Ramsey played, but um, they did not look full strength, to say the least. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing for Carolina. 
Uh, I don't think Don, I don't think Dante Jackson even played uh, uh, cornerback out of LSU for for the Panthers. He look Carolina has a really good cornerback uh, in Dante Jackson, and if I don't I don't believe he played, uh, but James Bradbury, their other their other corner, uh, he he's had some nice games, but I'm not very convinced on him. He did not he did not play all that wonderful. And the rest, the rest of the, of the depth there at, at defensive back, just um, not looking all that good. Um, I'm gonna go to one more. Yeah, let's do one more because I think this is the most alarming one. Buffalo and Tennessee. Buffalo at Tennessee. Buffalo 14, Tennessee seven. Um, Josh Allen. Uh, he didn't play all that great to start the game, but he played really well to end it. Uh, he he's, he's looking like a franchise quarterback. He really is. He really is. Uh, he he pull he was clutch for them at the end. He's pulling wins out for this team. Buffalo's four and one. They're looking good. And that defense, another stud of the week, just everywhere on that defense. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. What what an outstanding defense. That defensive front just not letting anybody go anywhere. Um also uh John Brown. John Brown had a nice nice first half. Uh I liked him. It was kind of quiet in the second half though. Um kind of disappeared in the second half, but uh that's all right. That's all right. He had a nice first half, so stud. Uh now for the Titans, uh, really only uh, Derrick Henry making the most out of his offensive line. I don't, I don't get why people don't like Derrick Henry. Um, he's a great zone. He's a great outside zone runner. Uh, despite being a huge back, like was he six one, um, two hundred plus pounds? So you would expect him to be an absolute bruiser, but he plays like Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman. <laughs> He plays like a zone runner, and he's actually good at it. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who, who feel, hey, I don't like, I'm really out on Derrick Henry. He's not bruising people. He's not he's not a bowling ball out there. But I, I'm if he wants to play like, like Matt Breida, if he wants to play like, like Jerry McKinnon, okay, <laughs> he can do it. He really can. Uh, also, Harold, Harold Landry, edge rusher for the Titans, played very well today. Or played very well on Sunday, uh, constantly harassing Josh Allen. Uh, got a sack as well. Uh, now for the duds, uh, offensive consistency for for Buffalo. Uh, they just weren't very consistent at all. Uh, I would like to see a little more consistency out of that out of them. Uh, also, that O line did not look did not look that great out of De- outside of Deion Dawkins, their left tackle. Uh, now, the more concerning side is the duds for Tennessee. Oh my gosh, Marcus Mariota looks awful. He looks really bad. Uh, I get I get it. Uh, the offensive line did not play great in this game. I get it. And the defense was tough. But he played terrible. He, it was check down after check down after check down. Did not use his athleticism at all when the, pro, when the pocket broke down. He plays soft. I'm out on Marcus Mariota. He, you watch him on the sidelines. He's not energetic. He's a loner. 
He's he's quiet. When your team is down, you need to be able to lift them up and actually energize them. He just doesn't do that. I'm out on him. I and I'm really disappointed in Marcus Mariota. He's looking like a bust. Um one more one more here. Cairo Santos, the cor- the kicker, missed every single kick except for the extra point. Come on, man. Come on. And they cut him. He's cut. He's out of the league. Well, not out of the league, but not with the Titans anymore. That's for sure. Just absolutely abysmal play. He caught he cost the Titans this game. Okay. Uh, I would love to get into more studs and duds, but for the interest of time, uh, I don't believe I can do that. So, um, I'm going to end, I'm going to end today's show with one, one little thing, because there's something I want to say. Red, the Redskins are an absolute dumpster fire. Oh my gosh. Just. Awful, awful, awful is how I would describe the Washington Redskins. What a sorry organization. They just fired uh, their their head coach, Jay Gruden, on on Monday. And uh, a few people, a few Redskins fans felt it was time for him to go. Uh, I don't think he was that bad of a coach. I think he was fine. He was a fine coach. But... The uh, the roster he was given was awful. He has a horrible roster, a horrible GM, an even worse person. Whoever whoever's making the personnel decisions in Washington just doesn't know what they're doing. <laughs> they're 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 very ill informed. Whoever their training staff is is doing a terrible job because everybody keeps getting injured. And they have the worst owner in the NFL, in Dan Snyder. You want, if you want a picture on how classless and bad the, the Washington Redskins organization is, take a look at how they fired Jay Gruden. They called him in at 5 a.m. for a team meeting, or for a, for a, for a meeting with the owner, and they fired him there you called a man in at five in the morning to tell him he's gone absolute classlessness especially from an owner who who puts his cheerleaders out there as 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 borderline prostitutes okay that's what he did last offseason that's when that came out. No, I don't think anything really happened to him. Uh, he refuses to change the team name. I honestly don't care about the team name, but I know a lot of other people do. And he just refuses to do it because, mm, my tradition. This guy is terrible. He overpays for every single free agent that they bring in. Every, you, you look at top 10 worst free agency signings, uh, on a on a list out there by NFL pundits, I guarantee you you'll have at least three Redskins on there. This guy has led the team, has 
Watt has had the team since 1999, has fired every single head coach in that tenure, has not had none of those head coaches, by the way, have ended with a winning record in their time in Washington and has just led a losing culture in in Washington. Has led a He has led a losing culture. He has led a depressing culture. And I'm amazed fans are still with him. Uh, and I think most of them are bailing. They really are. I've got I've got a Redskins fan um, as one of my friends, and I think I might bring him on to the show uh, just to talk about the dumpster fire that is his favorite team. Um, I think that would be really interesting because this team has no direction. They're going to ruin their 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 first round quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. Trent Williams, their star left tackle, still refuses to play with the team, and rightfully so. It's a terrible organization. I'm with him on that one. And I think the Redskins are in real trouble because they've been in they've been in trouble for many years now, but this may very well be rock bottom for them. Ugh. All right, guys. I think that's the end of the show. Um, I did not get to all the stuff that I really wanted to. I wanted to get into more studs and duds. I wanted to talk about other um, other subjects a little more than I did. But I really hope you guys enjoyed. Again, this is Andrew's Film Room here on 88.9 The Bridge. Um, it, I really hope you guys liked the show. Uh, I, I feel like it was a little more in-depth uh, than some of the other shows on this network. And I'm really proud of my first broadcast. Uh, I will be broadcasting um, the football, uh, some more football games, the f- some more Mercer Island football games in the future. So if you want to catch me there, go ahead and do that. Uh, I think this is the end of the show, guys. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening. I am your host, Andrew Pearson. This is Andrew's Football Film Room. And I love each and every one of you. Have a great day, folks.